out there to all you urban gardeners, foodies and people who are trying to prioritise self-care, live a mindful existence and attempting to enhance your general well-being. Thanks to everyone who's tuned in for a little illumination and hopefully to pick up some tips on how to mind yourself during these challenging social reality we find ourselves currently living through. I'm Tobias Gunning and first of all, let me just say I'm saving the best for the last today. That is, I'll update, uh, update you on the RICC garden allotments and how they're progressing towards the end of the interviews. But before all that good stuff, I want to talk to you about a very important upcoming solar event. If you're interested in a little schooling related to gardening by the waxing and waning cycles of the moon and working with the earthly rhythms known as the circadian rhythms, stay tuned. Essentially, these rhythms are linked to the 24-hour cycles that include physiological and behavioural rhythms like sleeping, eating and growing. Your rhythms, the circadian rhythms are synced with nature and the higher daylight and lower nighttime planetary frequencies as defined by the sun and the moon. So where am I going with this, you might ask? Well, currently, as you know, we're, we're into June, so we're fast approaching the summer solstice, which, by the way, falls on the 21st of this month, according to the Gregorian calendar. This is important because over here in the Northern Hemisphere, on the summer solstice, we get more daylight than any other day of the year, and it marks the start of the planetary summer, and also signifies the tipping point where the days start to become shorter and the nights longer. So yeah, for all us urban horticultures, it's an extremely advantageous time to be tuned into the eco-friendly cycles when you're planting and harvesting in the garden. Holistic gardening by the phases of the moon will help you get much better results, uh, bigger yield and higher quality plants, fruit and vegetables that taste better. Also known as biodynamic farming, this is an evidence-based gardening practice just to put any skeptics out there at ease. It's really, it's really easy and a fun practice, I'll break it down for you quickly. Uh, moon gardening involves planting and harvesting in zinc with the specific phases of the moon. For example, during, during and straight after the current waxing crescent phase, the moonlight is getting brighter and the gravitational pull is stronger, encouraging above plant growth of fruit, stems and leaves. This is an ideal time to plant leafy annuals such as greens, corns, grains, broccoli and cabbage. Then between the first quarter and the full moon is the optimal time to plant seeds such as beans, squash, peas and to focus on feeding uh, things like tomatoes and peppers. This is because the moon is getting full and the light available around, the light and moisture available are at their peak. So by the way, it's also a great time for successful creativity such as cooking new dishes, writing poetry and composing and playing music. Straight after the moon is full, it begins to enter the waning phase and the available light and moisture starts to decrease with each day. Basically, the growing energy shifts below the ground, making uh, this a good time to plant uh, root crops such as beets, carrots, turnips, onions and potatoes. It's also the best time to plant bulbs and perennials and to prune your roses and fruit bushes. You can also divide perennials and plant trees with more success. Ultimately, during the final moon phase heading back to the dark new moon, uh, the least amount of gravitational pull is around and it's time to let the garden rest. Take care of maintenance by weeding, mulching, fertilising and harvesting. Do not plant on ap until after the first crescent. When you harvest your vegetables near the new moon, they'll keep longer. Use this time to pick up to pick them and store them, things like apples and potatoes and winter squash. So here we are, your top tip for improving your urban gardening skills, planting and harvesting in unison with the moon cycle. Okay, so that's it for the lesson in pagan uh, gardening. Sorry, I mean biodynamic horticulture practices. Later I speak with Mairead Walsh, who's doing great work in the Ringsend community. Mairead specialises in sports therapies and speaks to me over in Ringsend Stadium about her gig in power sports therapy. 
and how to take care of self through optimizing and then maintaining the mind, body and spirit. Critically important stuff for anyone and everyone out there who suffers from their nerves, social anxiety or just general aches and pains from living a, a fast paced, unhealthy Netflix based lifestyle. This is for you. Hi, so we're here. Uh, we're we're kind of going to talk to Tina Lowe, who's the UCD. Uh, campus accessibility officer and uh, we're up on on campus at the moment and uh, Tina Tina has a, a beautiful dog here we're called Forrest and uh, Tina's gonna like tell us a little bit about her uh, knowledge around sensory spaces um, and forest bathing uh, and like I guess there's you know in in university and in the local community there's more and more people that are on the spectrum and are neurodiverse these days. So this is really, really important work and, and I'm gonna kinda hand you over to Tina. And, and Tina, will you kinda give us a little bit of a background or an introduction there? Okay, so hello Tobias and thank you very much for inviting me onto your podcast. Thank you. So my name is Tina Lowe, as you said. I work in UCD since 2008. I'm now the Campus Accessibility Officer I'm a guide dog owner and I really love my job and the work I do here is involved with creating uh, a more universally accessible campus. So yeah. that means that every single person who comes to UCD can use the place, can access the buildings, can get in and, and around the campus, can find their way around, can get into classrooms and also mm. can access material so information technology is accessible and yeah. also we work with a lot with creating awareness amongst and, staff. Okay? And yeah, and thanks. And, and that's, you know, when we were up here with Lorraine uh, last week, we were, you were very kindly gave us a tour of the sensory spaces up here in UCD. Could you tell us a little bit more about them and, and what they, like the benefits of having them on campus and stuff? Okay, so... We, as part of the work that we do here to create an accessible campus, we came up with this idea with estate services. Yeah. Probably about three years ago now okay. to look at how to, how we could use the campus and make it more friendly and accessible. And one of the estate services um, came up with the idea of instead of, say, having one specific sensory garden on yeah. its own, standalone, that we would connect the campus the green areas and woodland areas that are already here yeah. into one kind of, we'd say, circuit yeah. of a sensory trail. So, And why we did it was because sensory gardens and sensory trails are used to assist people with specific disabilities. Like like what kind of things? Like, okay, so we're now calling, we'd say we would what we would have termed as Asperger's, yeah. ADHD, yeah. autism... Yeah, mental health is now yeah. under the the term neurodivergent or neurodiversity. So yeah. that was one of our objectives was to create quiet spaces for people who are attending the university, for people who come into the university as visitors or visiting staff, and also for the staff who work here. Because as you know, Tobias, UCD is. Uh, it's, it's over 360 acres and there are approximately 30,000 uh, students on the campus, okay? And approximately 4,000 plus staff working here. So because it's such a busy environment, it's similar to what would have been, it was always kind of termed as, I say, a Kilkenny 
Yeah. Sidestown. It could be even bigger now. Yeah. It's very busy. It's hot. It's very fast. The lectures are full on. Um, you know, everything is moving. You only have, you would have had 10 minutes in between lectures now during the pandemic. You get 15 minutes yeah. to get from one area to another. But it's very intense and very difficult. So why we created the Sensory Space Trail was to try and offer an area for people to be able to take a bit of time out. And so. could you tell me a little bit more about like how people would experience these spaces? Because I know from myself, when you brought us round, it was like literally stepping into a magic circle. Yeah. It, was literally, yeah. it was like you left, the all yeah. the externalities dropped okay. away and you were in this kind of really mindful place. And I wasn't sure whether that was happening to me or was no, it happening because yeah. I was in the space. No, that's... that's Okay, so the reason, yeah, okay, so that's that's a really good observation, actually, and thanks for that. That's very encouraging that you notice that. So, what what it is, yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, you, you're in, as you know, you're a massive campus. Yeah. Lots of concrete, lots of people, lots of noise. Mm-hmm. But we also have a lot of, um, we'd say, bird life. We have lakes, yeah. we have trees, we have lovely gardeners, swans, swans yeah. yeah, everything. And so, I mean, amongst that background of noise and people, you have some wildlife and nature. So what we did is we chose areas that would be slightly off the beaten track, but are still in the main campus route so they can be found. Okay. And when you walk into those spaces like the chess garden or down by the lady at the lake. It's like something out of Alice in Wonderland. Yes, you walk in and it's suddenly you're, it's developed deliberately with, we'd say you use like water features and sounds and bamboo is a lovely sound in the wind. Yeah, um, I heard you using the term uh, tactile tactile experience. Yeah, so what the tactile okay, the tactile so tactile would normally mean say the t- the touch, right? So yeah. basically, the tactile we talk of in terms of tactile as say you're under under your feet, so tactile yeah. paving, right? So you can find where you're going. But I suppose really when when gravel. you think of a sensory garden, what it is is it's mm. tapping into your five senses. Yeah, so one of them is touch. Yeah. Obviously, so what you do is you're 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 sitting in a little area. You're able to sit in a quiet space. You might put your hand if you're blind or you have a, whatever it is. Yeah, you yeah. might put your hand out and reach a really nice soft plant. Yeah. Or you might touch bamboo or, so it's really about the scent, your sense of smell, taste, tactile, um, hearing, and yeah. it's kind of calling your five senses into one space. So, so it's like an energetic thing going. Yeah, on. but it's also to calm you. Like yeah. it's, it's getting your. They use sensory spaces and sensory gardens and sensory rooms now, to deal with an awful lot of things in life. And it, it, they found in teaching, childhood early development that it, you know they now have these rooms where they have create little sensory spaces for the yeah. children to go in and calm down and yeah. relax and be happy and they can touch you know chimes kind of process of process the feelings process yeah actually it's sensory overload yeah up. yeah no because you have sensory overload yeah. so you're trying to yeah. reduce that to a sense that you can manageable yeah, yeah. and calm down and relax and just be kind of peaceful and not get so stressed out by your sensory overload which yeah. you have no um you know you can't change that that's sure. that's part of your we'd say if you have whatever ADHD autism you have these kind of you know everything comes at you at one time yeah. light noise sound so these areas are designed to 
help you filter tune that. into that yeah. yeah and filter out yeah and relax and be just in your own little quiet space nice. you, we're, we're actually we're actually building one in the back of the Rings End Irish Town uh, Community Centre currently you know and uh, I was just looking at it yesterday uh, as I was saying to you we had the May Day Parade down there it was amazing but mm. it's coming on I think mm. I think you'd be really pleased uh, mm. and, and I know you're going to come down yeah. and experience it one of the days so yeah. like we're up like I wanted to kind of get you to talk a little bit about uh, forest bathing and tree bathing because mm. essentially that's kind of one big kind yeah. of sensory space when yeah. you're walking through the forest and yeah. I do a lot of it myself I go yeah. to the woods and, yeah. I, and, I, and I sleep and you, and in the woods and I hang out down there yeah, yeah. yeah overnight and I cook yeah. cook cook food in the woods and stuff and, and it just really grounds me but yeah, yeah. you know and I yeah. know like forest bathing was really big I think it originated in Japan and yeah, now now there's yeah. there's one yeah. opened up down in Cork there recently Ooh, yeah so c- can you tell us like what you what your what your okay. kind of like your whole perception right. or, well, well the reason why I, I suppose as part of what we do in here mm. and the way I, I I had to do a lot of research and you know, learn about it, lots, lots of yeah. different things. And I kept coming across this term, forest bathing. And then I looked up podcasts, which are a brilliant way of learning things. And yeah. one of them was called Nature Magic. Right. And the lady was actually a forest bathing therapist, right? Mm. So I was like, wow. And so she brings people on tours of the forests and she bring, uh, you know, shows them all the plants and the, yeah. the oxygens and the trees and the, say, so the, their, you know what they have that they give out their they miss pheromones pheromones and all the good you know and the fact that if you stand and walk slowly through a forest that it's a preventative medicine and that's so i read up on it and i came across the term my favorite term yeah yoko right and it's this created by this um professor in japan who's written loads of stuff about it and they now have hotels in japan Wow. For people who can go and stay beside the forest, yeah, do their forest therapy yeah. with the trained forest ter- bathing therapist, right? Yeah, and just you know, it's just another way. Of, and I think the reason why they did it in a city like Japan was obviously because it's so busy and built up, yeah, that there mightn't be the opportunities that we've always had that we're used to in a country like Ireland. Yeah, we certainly were in the past of being used to being surrounded by nature greenery all that and so they came up with this idea and it also exists in sweden england and it's called forest bathing kindergartens and would these forests for children would they be natural spaces or would they be created no they're natural forests okay right so japan has one of the highest popular percentages of trees Mm. in the world anyway but no it's it's a natural it's not built it's not but what they do is there's a for example there's a school in um, doki that has a forest yeah. bathing area because yeah. they know that this is something that re- the kids love and really beneficial yeah so what they have in it is say the kids can go in they put on their wellies their raincoats mm. whatever and they've got little things where they teach them about how to say I don't know swing and you know cut wood how yeah. to make a little fire how, you know all the things that yeah if we were kids we would have if you especially I think if you lived in the in the country in Ireland you would have learnt all that but the way life is now it's so fast and the pace is really fast and everything's technolo- and every, technological and most parents have to work as yeah. well two parents so the kids don't get that opportunity of the freedom that they had and that's one yeah. of the theories behind the kindergarten yeah. thing that they're allowed to be children get yeah. mucky enjoy it but 
Well, you know what they say, like a, a dirty kid is a healthy kid, you know? Well, and you were yeah. going out playing and getting your hands dirty and all that yeah, stuff, you know? Yeah. And you were kind of doing a bit of gardening or whatever you were yeah. playing in the garden. So, you were, so they're, you they're, were developing, your immune system was developing, you know? Yeah, truly. exactly. And they're showing the children all these things that they're unfortunately, their parents might be able to do during the week because they're working. Yeah. So it's all about trying to bring the kids back into nature, show them the benefits, and then they go home really happy, really mucky. Yeah, for their parents to clean up, but yeah. they don't mind because the kids are happy, and yeah. they've learned something. That's also it's the whole benefit of it's outdoors, it's healthy, it's connected, it's, free. it's, dis- it's disconnecting you know, from it's, the Xbox or the PlayStation yeah, exactly. and all that kind it's of stuff. It's encouraging as well, the kids like, you know? to see. Actually, it's great fun running around yeah. the forest, yeah. or swinging out of a tree, or going on a seesaw, or climbing. You know, well, all the, the things they that used to we laugh used to, in the yeah, 60s, they yeah. used to laugh when you'd call somebody a tree hugger, and now there's an actual <laughs> science behind it, you know? Now there's a science to prove was, that it's good for you. I was thinking that actually, I was in a Samba band, just it's true, and some of the people in the band were, we have to say, very earthy, and yeah. people would slag them and say, oh, look at those tree huggers, you know? Yeah. But it's kind of cool it's, now. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's evidence based yeah. now as well, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. So. We're, we're just on uh, 13 minutes um, it's been really really kind of cool talking to Tina I, I wish we we had more time um, but like you promised that you'll come down to the centre and experience yeah, the sensory yep. garden yep. Uh, as soon as your schedule permits mm. and we'll give you the grand tour so I just want to like really thank you for no um, your time you're, you're very welcome to buy some the best of luck with your podcast thanks Emil you're listening to the Urban Gardening Food and Wellbeing Podcast with Tobias Gunning I'm here with Mairead Walsh and we're in the Rings End and Irish Town Stadium and uh, Mairead uh, operates a really, really kind of cool therapeutic uh, kind of service here. Like, uh, what's, it, what's it called, Mairead? What's the name? Empower Sports Massage and Sports Therapy. Yeah. Is what I'm called. Um, I was Empower Sports Massage for solely for a while, but I changed it to Empower Sports Massage and Therapy because cool. I've added a few more services on that, not just massage. Cool. Um, Tell us a bit more about like what that entails, like you know, and, yes. and like is there that obviously there's massive benefits of looking after your body, and does that like, you know, when you're doing that, like kind of what what kind of place does it leave you in after massage? Like I know I've had massages, mm-hmm. and I always feel amazing after yes. them, not just physically, but like mentally, and kind of my spirit is alive as well, you know. Absolutely. Um, are the benefits of massage are there's so many benefits, um, and for me. It's the endorphin. It's an endorphin release. Um, it releases some good uh, chemicals in the brain because we, through blood flow. Um, Is that like kind of like the buzz you get like from kind of exercise, exercise or, or yeah. going on a jog yeah. or working out in the gym, right? Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. Um, and all you have to do is just lie there. So it's yeah. uh, it's good. And you just, I always feel you feel amazing afterwards. Um, mm. And I'm also all about injury prevention. Okay. Um, What's that? How, what does so that entail? Like? Basically, I work with a couple of football clubs. Um, local, local here, in local Lansant. Clubs, oh, cool. Yeah. And... Um, which is really good because I try to get the lads into tip top shape so they don't or and the ladies um so they won't be getting injuries out on the field. Yeah. So basically the more the looser your body is and the less tension that you're holding, the less likely that you are going to to pick up an injury out on the But the you pitch. know but you know like as well, like life is life is so fast paced and it's so stressful like in general and especially at the time you know like during during the kind of the times we live in and do you do you notice like like people when you when you're kind of working on people can you feel the stress in their body like absolutely 
Um, there's people that come in and they are completely tensed up. Um, um, and you can you can I can feel that. Like, but do they feel, know? Do they know? Um, a, a lo- no, some people don't yeah. actually know until they lie down, and then as soon as I kind of touch an area, they be kind of saying, "Oh my goodness, I didn't realize I was so." Or some people come up and their shoulders are more up nearer their ears because they're tense when they come in, and then when they leave, then they're kind of much more. Uh, relaxed and how does like do you th- so we know right the body carries the stress basically mm-hmm. so how do you think that affects people's thinking and stuff like that because you know when you come out after a massage it's like a massive weight has been lifted off you you know and you can you've got clarity yeah. and everything yeah. you can think well that's it absolutely it does it gives you um if allows you because it's releasing all that tension over your body it's going to allow you to be in a better place mentally um and be able to focus more and you're not carrying around all that extra tension that you would have had if the hour before you come in um and even though it's either you know 40 minutes or an hour's treatment it is like unbelievable what you can get out of that hour um you know like you could have uh, someone that has been carrying around all that tension for months you know when they come in for an hour and all of a sudden you're doing some energy work and releasing out all that tension and it's it's unbelievable i love it myself <laughs> yeah like i mean yeah. you know like I, i've seen on your page like you know like there's some like people that you've worked on and there's a massive smile on their face like they're, yeah. they're, it's like wow like yeah. i just you, they look like they feel like a different person you yeah, know yeah it's and that, and that for me is very rewarding you know when somebody comes in and they're kind of feeling oh i'm not feeling the best and i you know my a lot of tension in my neck and then some people are getting headaches from it because you know the tension is going right up so then when they leave they feel like they're walking on clouds which is brilliant for me you know it's great to um it's great to see that and to witness how somebody comes in and how somebody comes out um so yeah i think it's like like uh, i know from you know, know from my myself, like from the last couple of years and like from from the study and stuff like that, like <clears throat> whatever way, like, you know, the ergonomics of sitting in a chair and, and being on a laptop, it's really, it seems really bad. It's been really bad for my posture to be kind of, to be sitting at a desk, sitting at a table, mm-hmm. kind of doing that stuff. Um, and, you know, there's not, like going for a walk to, just doesn't cut it. Like, you know, you're not really, I mean, it's very helpful, but, you know, if your posture, like I remember talking to you before about my posture is a little mm-hmm. bit off you know and and like you you it you feel like you know when you when you're kind of carrying that stress or that pain you feel like completely helpless like you feel so vulnerable like there's nothing you can do you know Absolutely. but then when you like i think like you like physiotherapy and massage and like uh, like kind of what you do is is kind of holds the answers there you know absolutely yeah because it's not just where it's sports people that are playing sports you're not yeah sure no absolutely and like, yeah. um, my own daughter does a lot of work on a computer and she you know she gives out to me a lot of the time saying you don't look after me as much as everyone else but um i see it with her and i see the her posture and it's forward to you know the shoulders and a lot of people that work on desks were spending a lot of not a time sitting down so the t- a lot of tension building up in the glutes so when you yeah. you know and then you don't realize that the hamstrings get it the glutes get it so it's not just the upper body it's everything is connected so yeah. is it do you think like it's accumulative so like i mean obviously you probably got clients ranging from like young lads to old people mm-hmm. um and like would you see like would you see the long-term effects of of you know not kind of looking after your body as in like not stretching not kind of releasing that stress like does it accumulate over the years if you're not kind of looking after yourself or what what's the kind of long-term consequences um it does and you will see a big difference in somebody who has 
regular massages and somebody who hasn't like I have had numerous people in that haven't had massages for years I've had some people in their 50s that have come in that have never had a massage um and it's and now they're trying to you know fix and go back but there's there is a difference and actually if you're stretching I am all about stretching I'm all about that injury prevention and keeping the body loose um but if you're not doing it on a regular basis well then it's going to just have a like a really bad effect on it's the body. Not, it's not yeah. easy to do. Like, I mean, I, mm. like a few people have said that to me and I tried, I've tried many times to do stretches and it just, like it's one, I don't know whether it's, it's I'm fighting the head or more than I'm fighting the body, but it's, I yeah. find it, I find it very difficult. But like I do, I'll, like I'll try a few simple ones and it's really, really beneficial. Yeah. Now you mentioned like, you mentioned there a second ago about energy work. Mm. So if we're looking at, if we're kind of looking at this self-care and from a holistic perspective, like, you know, like the mind, the body and the spirit mm. how is kind of massage work uh, differ from say reiki or acupuncture or that kind of stuff or do you need to do them is it good to do them all all in combination or um what? well i suppose it would be i myself do massages and i also do reiki um on a regular basis not as often as i would hope to do it but i do and it's it's different um the reiki is not hands-on treatment like so um, that it would be very good for the the mind, but where the massage is hands on, um, and I always feel that when like you know people are using them massage guns and stuff like that, which I don't think are mm. f- like that as good as the hands on treatment because you're getting one energy from another, um, and also I can kind of feel on the body um, through experience where yeah. is holding the most tension, where the muscle fibers are tight, um, both. They all kind of have the very similar um, benefits, which for the for the body and the mind, really. Yeah. Do you like you? Would you 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 kind of work with the meridian lines as well? I mean, I know you do like uh, you do like a kind of type of acupuncture. Yes. How does that um, work? That's really interesting. Yeah, it's a trigger point dry needling. It's called, right, and well. it's a really super treatment. It's the most powerful treatment ever, really. Um, and it gets into the really deep knots yeah. that have been in the body for. Years, Yonks. yeah, that were holding yeah. on to these, and it's it's the same needle that's used um, for the acupuncture, and it just goes right into the middle of the knot, basically, if you get it in the right spot, yeah. and it gives off a twitch response, yeah. um, so you kind of get a bit of a jump, you know, um, when it does it, and it just it contracts a muscle, and then releases out the tension. So it's kind of another way of doing a very deep massage, but it's yeah. an, an awful lot. Like it doesn't take as much time, and it's more powerful. So. It's a really Amazing. good, really good treatment for anyone that has like is suffering with knots or um, limited mobility. Really, it kind of frees up some space in the body. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Amazing. Because like, again, like, like stress seems to accumulate in the body um, and it, it reaches a tipping point where you end up like it presents, phys- it starts to present physically. Mm-hmm. Um, like so, like those knots and stuff that you were talking about. And like, it's very, it's, it's very difficult to know a lot of the time how to go, how to kind of counteract stuff like that, you know? Absolutely. And actually it does take, um, I've seen lots of people that have injuries and lots of people that come into me with like sore backs, you know, and actually that takes a really bad, it takes its toll on a, on your mental health. If you're walking around with an injury all the time, you're going to not feel as good as you should. Um, so I feel that the less tension that you're having in your body, that the better it is for your mind, you know, if you can 
take hold of the body, but then the mind follows, isn't that? Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. like, how how is kind of how would you how is diet kind of related? Is is diet like when you're looking at like when you're kind of doing massages and you and you're working on on kind of the body? Like, is is diet a factor? You know, like, do you have to like eat clean? Like, because I was interviewed uh, last week, interviewed uh, Alex, she's a vegan. Mm. um, And like, I I was was kind of struggling, like to get my head around it, you know, like how, like, and the analogy was used of like a car, you know, and if you're Mm. not putting the kind of the right the right yeah. petrol into the car, the car starts to give out a bit. Yeah. And is it like that with well, the body as I, well? 100% that is true. Um, I myself would live a clean enough diet. Mm. Um, and I think that I there's different kind of, um, I see a lot of people that wouldn't have the healthiest diet and they have no problem saying that. But what I'm finding is there's an awful lot of dehydration in the, in the muscles. If we're not getting the right nutrients into the muscles, it's not going to heal the muscles and re- recover the muscles like they should be. So I think the healthier the food, definitely the better the body will be. Yeah. Um, this is probably going off a little bit off track, but I actually I live yesterday. I had a burger which I don't normally eat. Where did you get that? Um, I made it myself. Oh well, that's allowed. Actually, that's okay. I come in here. I thought you were uh, going to say you'd been <laughs> hanging out at McDonald's or McDonald's yeah, or something. No, no, no. I made it myself, but I, I. It was suffered for about three hours after eating that burger I it my body was rejecting it it was like yeah. what are you putting into this yeah. into the body and I'd actually I said to myself this morning that's the end of burgers for me because it just doesn't agree with my body it was obviously telling me we want the healthy food in there we don't want this I was yawning for about an hour and my stomach was just finding it really hard to digest I've got somebody um, lined so. up to do a ketogenic interview with uh, because they're strictly on a ketogenic diet okay. and it's just meat meat for breakfast meat okay. for dinner and that's it but it's grass fed you know it's it's okay. it's wild it's organic mm. and, and that makes a massive difference you know yeah. um, because I know I know it's seen as we we're just talking about but I know it's even with chicken that my body rejects it like an hour literally an hour or so after mm. eating it and you know kind of affects it's not just a physical thing it's like you know when we were talking about energy earlier you know it's mm. it affects me it affects people on an energetic level as well a- I think, a- you know? absolutely and I really realized that last night because my body um obviously I had bread and there was a bit yeah. of bacon and it just, oh, it just it just it just was not uh it just was not good for my body and obviously I you know that's I think that diet is Usually, and a lot of us are not drinking enough water. Yeah. Um, I think that's and, massive as well. Uh, it's massive. Anyone that walks out of my treatment room, the first thing I say is drink more water today than you will on any other day because it, you need the, the muscles need it. Like yeah. you need that water to in order to recover the and muscles. I mean, so. it does. Like your skin and everything looks great when you're properly hydrated. Absolutely. So yeah. listen, we're, we're kind of we're, we're getting a bit like shy for time. So just mm-hmm. will you tell us exactly where you are and and how people can find you on your your Facebook page and your Instagram your gram page. Yeah. And stuff? absolutely so my i actually need to get up a facebook but at the moment i'm only on instagram um and it's empower sports massage and therapy um it's empower sports therapy sorry um and i am in based in the irish town stadium uh three days a week and then i'm over in lloyd's pharmacy in rings end three days a week Okay. Um, so that's where you can can find me. People can message you on yeah. there and get I'm, in touch. On Instagram, I'm actually working on a booking system at the moment on a website. So cool. That'll be up and running in the next two weeks. But for now, Instagram is my only tool. So yeah. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna definitely book in with you again soon myself. You know brilliant. because it's yeah. amazing. The benefits are just incredible. Super. So thanks very much, Mairead. Thank um, you very much for having me. Cheers. It was great to chat. Thanks, Emil. 
Okay, before I sign off, as promised, a special update on the Rick Garden allotments. Our very own creative genius, Dylan, has masterminded a water filtration system, a hydroponic extraordinaire, catching his very own raindrops for watering the tomatoes, fluoride-free if you don't mind. This will have an amazingly positive effect on the tomatoes, and I'm extremely envious indeed. Only joking, well done, Dee. Also, I've got a warmery up and running. Hopefully, I'll be producing lots of warm tea and biodynamic hummus. What is warm hummus, you ask? Well, it's known for known as vermicast, and it's also called worm casting, worm manure, and is the end product of the breakdown of organic matter by earthworms. This has been shown to contain reduced levels of contaminants and a higher saturation of nutrients than the organic minerals. Uh, there's great building work going on here in the back of the centre as well. They're creating a magical space to celebrate neurodiversity. This term refers to the variations in the human brain and cognition. For instance, sociability, learning, attention, mood and other cognitive functions. It's especially relevant within the context of the autistic spectrum disorders. All the same, when completed, the Rick sensory space will be highly beneficial and can be experienced by everybody. The tactile safe space can be utilised to process emotions, chill or just have a wrap with your pal. Great work altogether. And finally, the plots have really come alive. I wish you could see the abundance of edible herbs, fruit, veg and salad leaves. Everything ranging from the usual tomatoes, peppers and strawberry plants, as well as plenty of rhubarb. The plums and gooseberries are starting to appear on the trees. The salad leaves and the potatoes, onion and kale and Swiss chard is literally jumping out of the ground. Carrots and beets and celeriacs are also developing nicely. Well... Now that's it for this month's gig. I'll be back in episode four of Urban Gardening with Food and Wellbeing in three weeks' time with two very good guests, Martin Matthews and Jay Maguire, also known as the Gnomes. You'll have to wait for the next intro uh, to find out why. Also, we'll have Christina Katona, who talks to me about maintaining a developing social movement through a lifestyle choice founded on a plant-based diet. Many thanks to Brother D and Mick for working on the sound production and uh, that's it from me, Tobias Gunning, until uh, next time. Thanks very much for listening. Mm-hmm.